Welcome to Coffee and Communion. I'm Christina. And I'm Cassie. This is a podcast about communion and community and a radical friendship with God and others. Welcome back, everybody. On today's episode, we are talking about being a woman of God in today's culture. And this will most likely be going out on Divine Mercy Sunday. So if you do hear it on Divine Mercy Sunday, happy Divine Mercy Sunday, and let the Lord pour out many graces upon you. And something special about this episode is that we have a wonderful, beautiful daughter of God, um, my sister, Regina Maria Gianna Thomas. <laughs> I look, that beautiful laughter is a gift from God, too. Um so a little bit about her is she's a senior in high school and uh, she'll be going to Ave Maria University next year. I have no idea what she's studying. I should know that I'm her sister, but whoops, I don't know. It's okay. Um, she loves the Lord like tremendously. And I just found out she really likes chacos, but she does not like the Chaco tan. Me and Cassie think the Jaco Tan is great, but it's okay. We all have differing opinions on things. Even if some and of them it's are okay. wrong. And a fun fact about her, she actually, thankfully, God bless her, because I don't have this gift. I don't think Cassie does either. Designed our podcast cover. She is really good at like seeing beautiful things and making beautiful things and doing art and such. And I just, nope, no, not a gift of mine. And it's okay. Um, so that's a little bit about Regina Thomas. Now, Cassie, you got some questions for her, I think. Yes. Thank you for being our first guest of this season on our podcast. Um, if you had a favorite saint or saints, who is your favorite? Well, St. Gianna is obviously one of my favorites because I took her for confirmation. Not took her. I guess that's weird. But I decided to have her inspire my life um, because I've always been inspired by her vocation of motherhood and how much she loved her children and loved the Lord. Um, but also recently I've started becoming closer and learning more about St. Dimna because I feel like she's a very important saint for a lot of teenagers, especially teenage women, because she's the patron saint of like anxiety and other like emotional and mental problems. And I feel like a lot of teen girls suffer with that, with all the pressure of living in a society where being a true woman of God isn't something that people think is a good thing. And also just all the pressures that come with teenage. So I would say St. Gianna and St. Dipna are two of my favorite saints. Mm, Those it. are both so beautiful. Yeah. Since our podcast is called Coffee and Communion, is there a favorite way you like coffee or take it or your favorite way to order it if you went out and got coffee well if i went out and get coffee i would definitely be going to starbucks <laughs> um caribou is better caribou is amazing that is true um but you can go with starbucks i guess but my favorite way to order coffee is probably like a cold brew with coconut milk and some sort of flavoring normally i get vanilla but i like trying different things spice it up spice it up <laughs> If you had a, way, a favorite way to pray, what would it be? Or a couple? I would say my two favorite ways to pray are the rosary, which I actually did a rosary every day for Lent. And I'm trying to continue that after Lent. Um, but also I really like journaling because like, not only does it help me get closer to the Lord, but 
it also helps me just like release all of my feelings and like just feel comfortable in my own skin, I guess. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a beautiful Journaling thing. is so good. It's like relieving whatever is weighing on your heart and like giving that to Jesus. It's like a love letter to him in a way too. Yes. Mm. Currently, what does your relationship with God look like? Um, I would say it differs. Like on the daily, I definitely have all, always feel a lot of pressures and struggles just like everybody does. And it definitely helps me to know that I have God there and I can just like lay it before and be like, you know what? Everything is going to be okay. God will take care of me. He has a plan for me. I don't have to always freak out about things because I tend to freak out about things a lot and just get in my own head. Um, but other times, obviously it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I kind of forget that he's there for me and forget the goodness that he is. And I feel like that's something that like a lot of people struggle with because I feel like we don't really are, we aren't really trained by the culture to strive after God because in the consumer culture that we live in, we're taught to desire and try to get things that we understand and we can research and know fully or mostly fully before we get it. But because God and heaven is a mystery that we can't fully understand as humans, we don't know how to fully desire him. So I definitely feel that a lot where I find myself going after other earthly things when I should be focusing on God. But overall, I definitely would say that he does support me. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, it's, it's so spot on, um, especially like, you know, you're trying to grasp these physical things because you're like hoping that this goodness and some of it is good comes out of it, but it never infinitely um it doesn't last. Um, it goes away eventually or sometimes instantaneously. It's like, okay, I got this piece of cake. And as soon as you're done eating that piece of cake, it's gone. And that's one thing I've been, you know, kind of meditating on recently in prayer of like, you know, wanting that longing and wanting to be with our Lord. Um, and physically, like, it's almost like I don't want that mystery, even though the mystery in and of itself has you, desiring for more because of the mystery. Um, but then also, if we were to know everything, I've come to realize, and I think I've always known this, but known it, come to know it in a deeper way, is that if we were to know everything about God and what heaven is, is that we'd be God and we're not. And that's mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be God. There's supposed to be some of that mystery still hidden. And even here on earth, we, we can never fully grasp and understand our Lord. Um, and I think that pride would come in if we thought we did know everything about God. Um, and then we'd stop, you know, trying to enter into a deeper relationship with him. I mean, every, every relationship we have with somebody, we can never like fully know them. Like you can spend all the time with your spouse or a best friend that you're like, we're attached at the hip. Mm -hmm. And you still like spend years with them and you still don't know every look nook and cranny about them the beautiful thing about god is that he is all-knowing and he's the only person who could ever be all-knowing and know everything about you but he still wants to hear it from you the different things that are going on um so yeah i really like that you talked about that do you have any other questions cassie for her? okay so we're gonna get on to our our first I guess, topic or question about being a woman of God in today's culture. 
And that is, uh, how do you, does the culture view the role of a woman, do you think? Um, I would say that it kind of differs because a lot of the times, right, at, right now, the culture is telling you to be independent, to be your own woman, to be this and that. But it's all telling you, you know, be you. But at the same time, like magazines and the people around you are telling you, no, you got to fit this, this and this. Like you got to be skinny. You got to wear all the cute clothes. And right now it's basically show as much skin as possible, which I don't really like. But, you know, maybe that's just me. Um, no, I don't like it either. Yeah. And just it's it's contradictory because while they're telling you to be independent and live the life you want, they're also telling you, Oh, you can't get married. You can't have kids. You can't look how you want. You can't dress how you want. You can't have your faith with God because then you're sexist, you're racist, you're something like that because the people who are claiming this don't actually understand that the church loves all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I also think that in today's culture, um, it, I, 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 it, some time ago, it seems like it was in order to be, this strong woman of a God and this perfect woman is that you had to be able to do everything that men can do. But then men never said, you know, in order for me to be this strong man, I need to go do everything a woman could do, which they don't even have the full capacity to do everything a woman could do like childbirth. God bless every <laughs> mother out there that has given birth to a child. Cause Oh my gosh. Wow. Nine. Strong woman, strong woman who do that. Um, so it used to be like, in order to be a good, strong woman, I had to be able to go do everything a man could do and uphold myself and not need a man in my life. Um, the phrase, oh, why am I blanking on this phrase? I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Like <laughs> a lot of women would say that and some even say that today. And it's so, so misconstrued because we all need each other. We're all meant for friendship and community with each other. But now the more I see it, that the way the culture views women is that it seems like nobody has a gender anymore or we shouldn't have a gender because if we say, okay, I'm a woman, but then somebody comes up to me and goes, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, even though they're clearly either A or B, um, that the moment I say, no, I'm a woman and you're a woman, if, if they are in fact by their birth, given by God, a woman, they're, they're, they feel insulted because they're like, no, like, and then they're destroying the gift that God has given them of being a woman or being a man um, that Christ has brought into this world for a unique purpose. So that's kind of how I have viewed culture lately and pray, pray for that to change. Um, there's so much gender identity crisis and it seems to just keep going and going and getting worse and worse. And we need our Lord and we need prayers. By you, Cassie. I agree with like the world doesn't recognize that like men and women were meant to be made differently. Um, like women, we have this natural instinct of nurture because of motherhood. And that's like in us when we were born and as we grow up. Um, I think a lot of the time the world tells us like we need a guy to be happy. We need money and to be successful and to be happy. And we need to go to college to be smart. But like these are all lies that the world tells us to be. And they're not true. Like we can do all these things and still not be happy. Um, and 
I think how the world views women too, like we're just made to be used and that's not true at all. And like the world has lost this part that women were made to create new life. Um, and we pray that that version of this world, how they see us is definitely changed. And yeah, what we we need to wear certain things so we get a guy's attention and all these things. And yeah, <laughs> that's, I guess, how I kind of take what our culture views women as right now. And this um, self-care culture too, I think it can be very good in moderation mm-hmm. and like rest is good and taking care of ourselves is good, but I think it could end up being selfish and prideful if we're not careful. Yeah, and I think that's the way the devil really works is he takes something that is good, but then has you take it to the extreme and he slowly creeps in like, okay, I need to take care of myself. And and it's first maybe you start to do that in a um, balanced way, but then some people like they'll start to work out and they'll be like working out well, but then they get to the point where they're working out every single day in these intense ways and are end up actually destroying their bodies and their mm-hmm. muscles because of that. And I think the Lord or the devil, not, not the Lord, <laughs> the devil is so tricky in the way he does that because he just slowly creeps on in. Mm-hmm. And it seems like most people get too far before they even realize how far they've gotten. Um, but yeah, definitely agree with that. How, does the church view the role of woman today and the role they play in the church? I would say that women are almost, they bring kind of a harmony to the church because while they aren't mostly the, I guess the structure of it through like priests and seminarians, obviously, and all the workings of that, they kind of give it, they give it the actual body to the bones. They make it human almost because like that's who they are. They're supposed to, they create human life. They nurture. They're the ones who give life to the world. Obviously, you know, men, if we didn't have men, we couldn't do that either. But they're, I don't want to say the servants to the church, but they definitely do have a big role in serving the church and bringing love to something that could become more of like a company and not really the church of heaven that it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I was just thinking of actually just now as you were speaking about the role of women in the churches, I think about all, I guess it'd be religious sisters and especially those in the cloister. And this goes for men as well. They do it too. Those that are monks and cloistered, Um, is the prayers, the prayers that I know so many women and men pray too. I'm not saying men do not pray, but so many women that are praying, that are holding up our church, that had we not had those people praying, our our church would, would probably be in a different place than it is. The church will never fail. I can't say, oh, if it weren't for those prayers, the church would fail because the church is guided by the Holy Spirit and the church will never, ever, ever, ever fail. You could feel like the church is in such a horrible place, but the church will never fail. It is guided, it is guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, so I think of that in the sport through the prayers. Um, and then I also think of 
our blessed mother who uh, through her yes brought Christ into this world and she's just so gentle and humble and just gifts that women have that can help men just like men have gifts that women don't have that we need for the church. I mean, it's all that communion and union. We can't just have a men filled with churches and we can't just have, um, I mean, a, a church filled with men and we can't have a church just filled with women. We need it all. They all work together. Um, just like the body needs all of its organs to properly function. Um, we need both men and women to help lead and guide the church. Um, but Mary and her gentleness and does a lot of things behind the scenes that help support the church in ways that people don't know. Um, I know a lot of women who do a lot of things behind the scenes. Um, but then men are there to uphold us and support us and guide and protect us. Um, and I know a lot of men and priests, deacons, clergy who do beautiful jobs doing that and laymen too. Um, that are really guiding, protecting, and upholding the church. So that's kind of my view, um, the church's view on the role of women. Yeah, I think some people think that you can't lead in the church unless you're a priest, which, like, is a lie. <laughs> isn't true, and, like, the church needs women. And I think we need, like, as women need a balance of Mary and Martha, like, have that even balance because sometimes we are so Mary or so Martha and like we need that even balance and I think women teach men things that we can't learn mm -hmm. from the opposite and men teach things that like we wouldn't be learning if it wasn't for their vocation too mm -hmm. and women lead in so many different ways in that church through many different ministries being teachers and being at national levels too and leading the church which is so beautiful how like mary's yes changed everything and mm -hmm. so beautiful to reflect on and see how god is calling us to serve the church today too yeah absolutely and god has a, a different role for each person in the church and it's a unique role that only you can fulfill and and we need that person even though sometimes you're like maybe you think oh this is so small how am i how am i helping the church through this you are and that one little thing sometimes is a really big thing and you just mm -hmm. you don't realize it or see it um, but know that the lord is uh, has a special unique plan for you that is going to help the church and the salvation of souls just like every single sin affects all of us we don't see it but it's like a trickle down effect or a domino effect that that one person was hurt by another person through sin and then that one person because of that sometimes can go hurt another person or other types of sins but we we all are part of the body and one part is hurting the rest is hurting um we don't always see that but but it is definitely happening so the next question is, uh, what are some of the challenges you think in being a woman of God in the world? I would say that the world, or I guess the culture, doesn't want you to be. Because even though they, the culture cries out saying, you know, freedom for all, everybody is equal, you get to live the life that you live, there's a but. It's saying you get to live the life you live, but you have to do what we want. You can't 
do certain things. And a lot of the times that includes the Catholic faith. And I don't think that that's because they, people truly believe that the Catholic faith and the Catholic church is something evil. And it's something that's actually a danger to the world. I think it's because they're afraid of what may come about from the world because people are so blinded by what they want. They're blinded by their own desires that they don't realize the common good that can come out from the church. And so when you show yourself as a woman to God, even if, I mean, even people who aren't Catholic women, but they exhibit some form of like what the traditional Catholic woman is. They dress modestly. They don't curse. They're polite to people, things like that. Because people associate that with the Catholic church and with other Catholic women, they're threatened by it. So even if you're not a Catholic woman, the culture is against you because they're against what anything that the Catholic church stands for. And so you're, People who are cradle Catholics and who are who have been that common Catholic woman since they were born, they grew up being told that even in a culture where you're supposed to be free to be who you are, they're not. They're not good enough. They're not the right form of what the culture wants. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, a constant struggle. Um, not even just being in the world as a woman of God, just being in the world as a woman. I think women destroy other women so badly, <laughs> whether it's the way they're dressing and then um, through, not through their fault, that person, the way they're dressed, but through the fault of the other person who's jealous and they're like, oh no, I'm not good enough. I, I should look like this woman. Um, so we do that. But then we like put other people, women, other women down because we're usually it's because of like jealousy or envy that we're putting them down because we're trying to make ourselves um, feel better about something that's going on in our life and in our heart when really we need to be uplifting each other as women of God and supporting them. And when we see a woman in pain asking, you know, how can I help you? How can I be another woman to you, a friend to you? Um, and then as a woman in the church, it's definitely like, oh, you're Catholic. And a lot of people are standoffish because unfortunately, and I, I, I apologize if I've ever done this to somebody or if you've met somebody um, who has done this, but kind of, I think women in the church can be like, oh, I'm better than you because I'm Catholic and you're not Catholic. So you haven't realized it yet. When really, when we realize that they don't know our Lord, we should be gentle and kind with them and be Christ to them and help bring them to Christ instead of turning our backs to them to be like, oh, you're doing all of these scandalous things. You're getting drunk. You're dressed horribly um, and are not dignifying your body and doing other things. A lot of times when people are doing that is because not because they're like, oh, I got to do these horrible things and go against the church, but they think that it's helping them to either be loved because the culture tells us the less clothes we wear, the more a guy is going to love us, even though that is such a lie straight from hell. <laughs> um, most of those men that are doing that are going to use you and not actually truly um, love you and will you will your good. Because to truly love is to will the good of the other. And a lot of times that's, that's not willing your good um, by treating you like an object that is not love, that is use. Um, so... I just, a lot of 
women just need prayer and we need to come to them when we see them in pain and ask how we can help them and help just even simply saying that you are a beloved, worthy, beautiful daughter of God and saying them at, that out loud to them and sometimes multiple times and having them really think about that because so many women in this world think that they're a piece of crap, think that they're worthless, that nobody cares about them and that they'll never be good enough for a guy and we need to uplift every single woman um, in this world and help them to see how beautiful and worthy and loved and chosen. God has chosen every single person to be brought into existence and be on this earth. And our Lord loves you so much and would not have brought you into existence if he didn't want to. I know that women have been, you know, maybe brought into this world through, um, by accident, but the Lord like says, you're not an accident. He wanted you. It may have been an accident how it came about or a mistake, but you are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Um, and the Lord loves you and people love you. And some people probably look up to you and you don't even realize it. The, mm -hmm. the good, beautiful things that you're doing in your life because this culture is filled with comparison. We need to stop comparing ourselves to others and sit with our Lord and ask him, you know, what are the gifts that you've given me? Show me, you know, these beautiful things that you have given me and help me to see them and embrace them and love them and know how good and worthy and loved and chosen that I am. Um, so yeah, just really challenges because of being comparison. Um, and we, we need to fight that with uplifting others and not comparing ourselves to others and asking our Lord what gifts he's given us and the uniqueness of ourselves. <laughs> I think there's a lot of challenges in the world being a woman of faith, like you guys said. But a few that come to mind is just living out our identity in God and who he has created us to be. Because the world literally tells us the opposite of what he tells us. And sometimes renouncing those lies and not believing in those lies is very hard to do. But also, I think if we have babies and that's your vocation. Um, the culture tells us that in the world that you can't achieve those dreams that you had before you had these kids, which isn't true. Leah Darrow, this Catholic amazing speaker, talks on this so much, and she travels all over the world and has a beautiful family and is achieving her dreams. And kids are such a gift to us and they don't stop us from achieving your dreams and your goals you have set for us and also our bodies um and them being used and like god created our bodies as holy temples of his and that's how they should be and not being used by others um is a few things that i thought of yeah amen to all of that <laughs> our <laughs> being a woman are, is is it's hard um but our lord is with us and our lady is like the she is the perfect model of being a woman of god um her gentleness her nurturingness her willingness to do what the lord asked even in scary times 
Yeah. Our next question, a hot topic, (laughs) is what I'd call it, that so many people ask and so many people are confused. But why can't women be priests? I mean, the basic explanation is obviously apostolic succession (laughs) Um, and how Jesus appointed the apostles directly to go out, be priests, and serve the world through his name. And they weren't women. If you haven't read the Bible, they were not women. And that apostolic succession continued to other men. But also besides that, I it's just the, I guess, biology of it or how we were created is that they men were created, they were meant to defend the church, to be warriors of the church. And that's something that priests have to do daily. All the problems that are brought up, all of, I mean, scandals and just questions that the parishioners have. I feel like the obviously women are very intelligent and informed on the Catholic church, but I think that men are best suited to defend it and women are best suited to care for it and nurture it and help it become a greater thing. But overall, the job of a priest is to teach his parishioners and to defend the church to everybody because when they go out in the world, they they have to defend it. And that it's just the basic facts of what the priesthood is. Yeah, and also like the priest brings us to to God, the father and and priests are male they are father figures and then we have mother church um the and so that's part of it um and then also one thing i was also uh, always told was if there was a woman that was gonna be a priest it would have been mary and mary is not a priest and has been given different gifts and that's not to say you know that women are not called to defend the church but in a different way. So what woman do you look up to in your personal life? So I'm just going to call out my sister Christina here. I definitely would say that I look up to her. I look up to you, Christina, because as a teenager who's striving to evangelize people and bring God to the world, I definitely see a role model in you because even though I don't see you as much as I like would like to, I definitely see every day you trying to bring the love of God to others and inform people when they desire to be informed about the church. But you do it in a gentle way. I would say you're not forceful with it because you understand the, that God is merciful and he is love. And I think you also bring like the gentleness and I guess, quietness of Mary to it, but you do it in such a good way that I think that people who come across you can't help but feel loved because that's the kind of thing that you bring to everybody. Well, praise God for that. It's all the Lord and not me. (laughs) Um, He gives me the grace. And and in terms of being gentle and not being in your face, um, for any woman out there that maybe is like, Oh man, I've been so on fire. Maybe I've been um, kind of in your face to other women or other people. Don't beat yourself up about it. 
Um, I used to, I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm, and I, I never have been, but I definitely, I think used to be more in your face until I learned that you just need to be gentle and humble and um, walk with people where they're at and not expect them to be somewhere that they're not already. doesn't mean they can't get there, um, but you just need to be gentle and loving. As you said, like Our Lady, I really look to Our Lady as a role model because of her humbleness. Um, and the Lord's been humbling me a lot lately and being quiet yet so strong. Just because you're quiet does not mean that you're not a strong woman. You are, I mean, some of the quietest women are some of the most prayerful, strong women that I know in my life. And a lot of saints were, were quiet, yeah, <laughs> powerhouses um, and are up there in heaven interceding for us. So Our Lady and especially her yes, like that that always gets me like, Lord, help me to say yes to like Our Lady to whatever you are asking of me. Like, that's crazy. She did not know fully what she was getting herself into. Um, but she said yes anyways, trusting in our Lord, that great trust she had in our Lord that it was all going to be okay. And then the the image of the mother that she is watching her only son, who is perfect, die on a cross for all of us. And the pain, I'm not a mother, but the pain the mother a mother must feel watching their child die and then knowing that that child did nothing wrong ever and is saving the world, how painful that must have been and the grace that the Lord poured forth upon her to go through that. Um, just when I have different struggles, I just think about our blessed Lord um, and our lady and how they endured so much and just to ask for the strength and grace to, to keep going and ask both our blessed Lord and our lady to be with me as I work the journey that sometimes I don't understand, but God reveals later. Um, so definitely our lady being a woman of God. I mean, that's who I want to be. She's a perfect example um, of what a woman of God should be like. And I'll never be here. I'm not perfect um, and that's okay. I'll be who God wants me to be and striving to be who God wants me to be. And then just church moms and moms <laughs> in general, like everything they do and raising kids, I the grace that they have and the humbleness and the patience they have, I just, I see it and I want it. And then I think about how the, a lot of them I know have a prayer life on top of raising kids and a household and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, how do you do this? I hope I find time to do this. I mean, I never want to leave our Lord and abandon him. I know he's, you know, number one, even when you get married um, and enter your vocation, uh, your relationship with our Lord is the most important thing still. And um, the other things don't take precedence over it. And sometimes as a, as a mother, you have to make what you're doing a prayer um, and can't get as much time. You may be sitting down and prayers you'd like, but you're still praying through it all because we should be praying without ceasing. Um, but yeah, just really church moms and moms in general and our blessed, our blessed lady. Uh, I love her a lot and want to be more like her. What about you, Cassie? There's so many. <laughs> um, 
I think my community of women and those friendships and the authentic friendships that I have, like all of them have taught me something in a unique and different way than that other person. But just calling me to holiness and learning the race with me to heaven and just like seeing your identity as a woman, as God has called you, um, those friendships for sure have definitely helped. But also my old totus to his boss, she's a mom of two and is back at school and doing so much and just like how she enters her vocation, but also like is going to school and just, yeah, always being there for whoever when they need her too. Um, she's definitely been a gift in my life. So to wrap up this podcast, Regina, um, would you like to share the Bible verse that kind of wraps up womanhood? And yeah. So one of my favorite Bible verses more recently, though, is Psalm 139, verse 14, which states, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. And I appreciate I appreciate that as a woman, because even though sometimes we can doubt ourselves, it shows you that no matter what, God still loves you and he created you amazing and wonderful and just how you are meant to be. Amen. Thank you for being our first guest on our podcast and feel free to subscribe, like, and share this with a friend who you think needs to hear about the truth of what God calls us to as women. And happy Divine Mercy Sunday. Happy Divine Mercy Sunday. Happy Divine Mercy Sunday. Trust in Jesus. He loves you. Jesus, I trust in you. <laughs>